Friday Night Fringe. This is KJ with Friday Night Fringe. This is Will here. This is Ash. Hello. I had uh, two things that I wanted to say on the coattails of the last episode where we talked about UFOs because I found on Hulu a TMZ special episode. I found? Ash found on Hulu a TMZ special and they interviewed a bunch of the different specialists about the the exact thing that we covered the government releasing the preliminary assessment and it's so exciting so yeah did you say tmz though <laughs> <laughs> yeah but you want to know who they interviewed rip who someone who was like on the task force well it was someone who was a former member right he was so okay. This was my understanding of what happened. They um, could have interviewed Jesus, and I still wouldn't trust him to give <laughs> accurate knowledge. Right. You heard it here, folks. Will doesn't trust Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> Grows a beard like Jesus, will not trust uh, Jesus. He will um, not trust TMZ. No, that's that's fair, but but it does give us some um something to go off of. So we felt like it was a very empty report. And apparently the reason it was a very empty report that did not really say much of anything was that at the very start of when this um, research team was commissioned, the head of the research team who had like all of the knowledge and the clearance was quote unquote, reassigned to a different project so the people who were left to work on it had lower clearance level they were not able to get um through their normal networks all of the information and on top of that they were only given like a couple of months to put this thing together the deadline was set super quick and so um it was actually almost it sounds like it was engineered to fail. And this was a side job. Like they all had full-time jobs and this was like, do this in <gasps> your spare time. true. They had to make it in their spare time. They weren't actually given like- And what project was this or what this, job? This is the- um, UAP task force. Yes. U-A-P-T-A. They had a different acronym for it, but it was a task force devoted to looking into the UAP phenomenon. I'm just like, it, it just literally does sound like the whole thing was sabotage. You pull off the, the lead guy and then you give them a deadline and they have to do it in their spare time. That's like, you're saying, don't, we don't want to give you access to the knowledge we're asking you for. We just want you to find what any layman would find and tell us what you found. Mm. That's how I feel. Um, there was yeah, and anyone, th- anyone who tries to share the data or who tries to, um, report it to the higher ups, like, uh, in the government, um, gets silenced, um, 
like blasted that they're a phony by the people they're trying to report to and their jobs threatened. Um, anyone who tries to like speak out basically gets their jobs threatened. We actually (laughs) have now entered the place where millionaires are going to space privately. It has actually happened. I know we have Elon Musk, but this British guy, I'm literally just going to type this in. British guy goes to space. Virgin Mobile. What? Yeah, uh, I believe so. Uh... Sir Richard Branson from the UK. Sorry, that doesn't necessarily mean British. Entrepreneur flew. Um, yeah, Virgin. Oh, sorry. So sorry. Virgin Galactic. <laughs> Not Virgin <laughs> his, So his airplane, his plane system, whatever, was called Virgin Galactic. But we have two other people who are trying to do it. And I guess it's something like you pay, I don't know, $250,000 and you can now ride in space for like an hour it's a ride or That's something an estimate number we have no idea how much it costs i don't know but i just thought that was really cool and i wanted to tell you guys but <laughs> i guess you know already anyways we found out from kj's grandma <laughs> My grandma was like, oh, yeah, your podcast, that's great. Did you hear about the guy that went into space uh, recently? And I was like, what? We're like, Elon Musk? She's like, no, this private dude, also billionaire. Oh, the name I was trying to think of at dinner with dad, it's um, Jeff Be- Bezos from Amazon. Oh, yeah, has everybody knew that. His, what is his called? I don't know, but it looks like a giant penis. <laughs> And there was a whole now petition. I have to see it. Let me drive my giant when penis into space. That he was going into space. People were pissed. They're like, seriously, rich boy, you could so- try and solve world hunger or do anything positive for humanity, and you're going to space in instead. Penis. I feel and like <laughs> so a petition was started to keep him in space and not <gasps> let him come back, and like hundreds of thousands of people signed it. And after that, he announced he was, like, bringing a 90-year-old woman with him. Some, like, science. As hostage? And don't come back. No, yeah, but, but he was like, I'm bringing this scientist with me for science. And she blah, blah, blah. But, yeah, everyone's like, oh, okay, he's scared. Now he's bringing a hostage. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that sounds like a hostage. Like, and don't blue- come back. You have to let yeah. me come back. Because yeah. it's the 90-year-old origin. woman with me. <laughs> That's just, that is so funny. I feel like people I, give him so much crap. <laughs> that That's the perfect segue into yes. all of my madness. Will gets an episode. Here we go. It's the Will episode. Speaking of Elon Musk, if we are all ready to begin. I'm, I'm ready. I am Musk so excited. Daddy. I have so much. What is what is Elon Musk known for? Uh shit. Hold on. Tesla. Uh, yes, electric cars. <laughs> I know baby. this one. So this episode is going to be future technologies, future scientific breakthroughs. It's going to bleed into futuristic scientific theories and then get into some pretty crazy stuff. Probably break into two episodes. Future tech. We'll start with some that we already have. Electric cars. Okay. You might think 
electric car being invented before the car as we know it sounds backwards. What? But it's what? not because How? it like it's just they've had wagons and buggies and carriages since forever. You know, like Romans had chariots oh, true. before like they've there's been a carts of some sort things on wheels since a long time. The wheel was that, invented. And so, electricity? I thought the car was invented in like the early 1900s. It, the auto <laughs> gas-powered automobile was invented in like 1890 something okay. and mass produced in the early 1900s by Ford and Chevy and um good old like, Ford. I think the very first one was in Germany or somewhere, but in 1832, 1832, what? Somebody took a wagon, basically, like that would be pulled by a horse because they had those and powered it with electricity. And made the horse Mm. keep up? And that tracks because electricity was discovered in 1752, I believe. So they had about 80 years to play around with electricity. And someone was like, what if we could use this to power a carriage or a wagon instead of a horse? Oh, my God. And then the first more practical electric car was in 1884 or the 1870s, there's a specific one it um, mentions that was invented in 1884, but that's just a little history. We're going to the future. And the future is... Oh, no. Most cars today, as everybody knows, gas-powered. As not everybody knows um, how like groundbreaking electric vehicles, specifically talking about Tesla, are. Right. Um, For example, you can get... I Somebody I used to work with, um, I was walking into their building one day and noticed their car, their truck was missing, but there was a white Tesla Model S. I go in and I'm like, hey, uh, haven't seen your truck around. And he's like... Yeah, you see that Tesla though? That's mine. Oh, oh my god. No. Oh shit. And then he asked, You wanna drive it? <gasps> to which oh I said yes, yes. Of course. Yeah. And so first he takes me out and he drives me because we went and got lunch. <gasps> pulls crazy. out of the parking lot, just gets up to the speed limit, which was 35, but I got sucked to the back of my seat. What? Really? And then <sighs> when I got to drive Tesla. it, I got to drive it. Asked if it was cool if I hit the highway, and he's like, "Yeah." I was like, "How fast can I go?" And he's oh, like, man. "As fast as you want." And so I floored <laughs> it, and zoom, like oh it's God. insane. Oh my God! And I'm jealous. First thing, electric power, electric cars they feel so different because with electric motors well let's start with with gas vehicles the engine goes through four phases or cycles it goes um oh kind of like gears 
as it's speeding yeah, up? like inside the engine, like if you have like your Ford has a um, four-cylinder engine, in each one of those cylinders, there's four cycles. So first cycle is the gas and air mixture comes in and that's the intake cycle. The oh, piston okay. inside the cylinder. This is like the, the set that it has to go yeah. through to go. Okay. So intake uh, fuel and air mixture, cylinder comes up or piston comes up inside the cylinder and compresses that gas air mixture, that air fuel mixture. And then it's ignited and explodes, pushing the piston down. And then the exhaust port opens up, piston comes back up, pushes all the gas out. And so Ooh. it's intake. That's me after I eat Mexican. <laughs> combustion <laughs> sorry so it's um suck squeeze bang blow that's okay. literally what it's called it's that's what i need suck needed. squeeze bang blow suck squeeze bang and blow it but anyways all those <laughs> steps and that that's just one single cycle so that's like oh that it does that thousands of times per minute Wow. While it's running each cylinder. Imagine if hookers could do all of that. Um ridiculous. Takes time for each of those steps. And whenever you push on the pedal, there's a like processing delay between the command and when you get even if it's like milliseconds, there's still a quote unquote delay. Yes. Okay. But and I could I could go a lot deeper into the actual like car nerd side of that, but that would be two more episodes at least. That's fair. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so that takes time. Regular combustion engine, gas or diesel, um, the power delivery. Like you lose a lot of um, energy. Oh, in okay. There in the process, <clears throat> well. you lose energy. So it's actually not an efficient and, process. That makes sense. You lose energy. It's being spent and comes yeah. out in the form of like heat and yes, and so it destroys on, our atmosphere. On top of the power delivery being slower from the time you push on the gas pedal to the time you move more, it's way less efficient. With electric vehicles, all of in a car, like the potential energy isn't there until you hit the gas to let in more fuel and whatever this is a poor explanation but um no there's like a mathematic equation but i I see what you're saying electric vehicles like the motors are on they have all the power to them at like the at any given point that the motor is on they hold that energy and so it's all just there ready to go instantly so like the power delivery in an electric car is instant and this isn't, I mean, so far, this isn't so much like how futuristic it is, but just how cool I think it is. For example, um, <laughs> but it is a sort of a future prediction because like this, this friend of mine got his, it was just a few years old used, but he got it for like 
forty thousand dollars or something. What the Tesla? Yeah. Not terrible. Because brand new, they're over a hundred thousand. So forty thousand really? dollars for gotcha. one that's like five years old. Nice. Oh. Shit. And this thing could go zero to sixty in like less than five seconds, I think. Oh my or god. Five. But that's so that's comparable to like a Mustang GT or SS Camaro. Um, so just like a muscle car, Dodge Charger has the advantage of also being battery powered, specifically like the Tesla Model S and I think the three, I'm not sure. Wait, hold on. All... Are you saying there's a difference between electric and battery powered or did I just miss? No, that? no. It's there's the same. no diff. Yes, I'm okay. saying because it's electric and is battery powered. Okay. Um, because technically you could have a solar powered electric car. Oh. Electric doesn't necessarily mean battery powered. Okay. It just like stores you, it into battery cells. Yeah, it's like just technically you could have a solar powered car that has no batteries and just solar panels, but then it would only run when in direct sunlight. But that's off topic. <laughs> Tesla's electric cars, the entire, Washington and UK. <laughs> the entire bottom of the car is batteries. Like the entire floor of the car is the battery storage. Whoa. So these things are incredibly heavy and oh. have insanely good handling. Interesting. What's still not a futuristic thing. The futuristic prediction is that, so for example, the most expensive, fastest Tesla Model S, I believe was still less than $200,000, if I remember correctly, but it could go zero to 16, like less than three seconds. So you could basically get a car that could beat Ferraris for a third of the price. Whoa. Like these things are so fast. They got outlawed or banned <gasps> at like every drag strip ever. Cause nothing oh, could beat it. It was just unfair and rich shit. people could just buy and then win. They do Dang. that magic but, the gathering too um nerd the like and that's right now so imagine how much crazy tech we will have in like 50 years available for like not only rich people because if already something that advanced is so accessible and affordable not for me but like it's affordable compared to right. what it can do Right. Just imagine like 50 years from now. So I saw on Joe Rogan's podcast, I listened to uh, Elon Musk was being interviewed about like the future and they talked a little bit about Neuralink and brain stuff, but he was asked about flying cars and Elon Musk is like, you don't want that. We're never going to make flying cars. It's not ideal because it will be too loud. It will cost so much just to get it in the air it's dangerous it's not really possible and then joe so my whole childhood i imagined well what if they made the streets like magnetic and you have like an anti-polar pulse thing and then he was like that's really expensive and it probably won't happen yes that's something i've thought about as well like flying cars we already have them they're called planes <laughs> i mean yeah. we and that's the thing. People, when they think flying cars, they think the Jetsons. Right. Right. So, but like helicopters are hella loud. Flying cars, I mean, really would just be futuristic planes. They wouldn't be right. an advancement of cars. Oh. Like their predecessor would be the airplane with a different propuls 
propulsion system that like takes away wings or something and just like now not just anybody can get a pilot license that probably won't change in the future because you see how crazy and stupid people drive cars that's no, why everyone the, isn't allowed to fly that would that's be on chaos. the ground on one plane <laughs> yeah on, like on roads where there's lines just driving whereas in the sky it wouldn't be just... like some star wars like everyone's just going on different height lanes people would be like well i need to Future be three lanes above me and cut <laughs> through 3d traffic so that probably right. won't happen that's what i'm people are dumb. you mentioned magnetic cars it's not going to be a thing right i don't think so but i've uh, heard theories about or ideas about this and talked to my dad about like how it could work and just sounds expensive in, like the idea is like you would have like some sort of underlying structure in a regular road uh-huh. or make maglev specific roads oh and have a, a vehicle that has like controllable electromagnets underneath holy shit but if we were driving maglev roads i would have to take some like motion sickness meds just to go to the store <laughs> and that's that's the thing like you can make a maglev car at home with hardware store stuff for not oh. very much but that's more of a toy where you just set up the track, put magnets on the car, wait for it to you set it, it floats, and you give it a push and it slides on air. You don't want that with cars because there's no control. That's so scary. You would have to do that by you have like, to have a track. Making like wait, how do you stop this thing? Instead oh of God. having like rails going forward like this, you would have to have railroad track, the beams that go perpendicular uh-huh. to the way you want to go. And the magnets could possibly just hop from rail to rail. Oh my god, this smoothly. is like Minecraft redstone. Uh, you know the thing? Yes, like, yes. the boosters. Yeah. Right. And that, I have no idea if that's even possible. But instead of spending time talking about the what-ifs of maglev, we'll talk about another realistic future car, okay. which is the hydrogen-powered car. Wait, hydrogen-powered? Hydrogen water? Hydrogen? Yes. Is, so is that water? Hydrogen is oh. in water. So I've heard about this like a long time ago. The first hydrogen powered car. Oh, it already exists. Actually, oh, it does. Yes. Yeah, I I, I remember mm. I read about it at some point or heard about it um vaguely, the and it was like first hydrogen car, according to this, invented by stanley myers he and i could have sworn i heard of a hydrogen powered car earlier in the 20th century but this is who comes up and his story is interesting stanley myers is his name so stanley myers water fuel cell and when was this again this was uh like the 90s okay so it was a design for a quote perpetual motion machine he claimed that an automobile retrofitted with the device could use water as fuel instead of gasoline Wait, and what? split water into its component elements, hydrogen and oxygen. The hydrogen gas was then burned to generate energy, and the exhaust from that is just water. When you burn hydrogen, it reconstitutes the water, sorry, water molecules. 
Oh, okay. As it says here. And so, I legit thought about this like once upon a time when I was introduced to it, and I was like, "What if they burn out all the water?" Though? Right, and so it it's they're pretty. This was this design was supposedly really efficient to the point where he called it a perpetual motion machine. Like, what takes water, splits it to hydrogen and oxygen, burns the hydrogen, which makes more water molecules. Like takes water, breaks it down, burns it, Wait. and then that burns. So it keeps reusing well, its if own you think fuel. about it. Yes. Gasoline is not renewable. Vaseline? Uh, gasoline. Oh, I'm gasoline sorry. is non-renewable. Uh, but water obviously is renewable. There's that's why we have the water cycle. Water is renewable. Right. In but- a way. And so I don't know how exactly well this would have worked because before it could really get into any sort of testing at all, um, he died. Oh, so no! he shit, someone quote, killed the water guy. Died suddenly while dining at a restaurant. His brother no. claimed that during a meeting with two Belgian investors, he suddenly ran out, Meyer suddenly ran outside saying, they poisoned me. After an investigation, police went over the coroner report that ruled him to have died of uh, an aneurysm. A lot of people believe he was assassinated. And honestly, that's not crazy because the oil industry is brutal and relentless cover-ups upon cover-ups. Like, so yeah, and they're like, oh, we don't- They could afford it too. Oh, they could afford it. So my take- is they were like, yo, that's going to like cut into our profits. You're dead. Oh, look, the guy who came up with this is dead. I guess that's just uh, free knowledge. That's ours now because now there are hydrogen-powered cars. And now we have a hole in our atmosphere. The first one was uh, recently that was like big was GM. General Motors created a hydrogen-powered um, military vehicle to replace the Humvee. What? And their perks were that it's basically silent. And <gasps> oh, that's scary. Some other things, but you can actually get two. Like consumers can get, I think, two different hydrogen cars. The this is already on the market, or is it like up for pre-order? It is on the market. The Toyota Mirai, Mira, it starts at $50,000. $50,000 only? How's yes. that spelled? M-I-R-A-I. Ah. And it sucks. It's a really crappy car. <laughs> oh, shit. It's super slow. Like, it's zero to 60 time is eventually. Um, <laughs> 50 grand, super slow. Now, you only get like, Two, two hundred, maybe three, maybe three. Looks like hundred miles range max, which isn't horrible, but there are gas-powered cars that can do better than that. So it's not wow. really an improvement there. And so it's more eco-friendly, but it's not as efficient. Yes, and you know, also right? it's more eco-friendly because if you just take it at face value, hydrogen car, gas car, well, this the hydrogen car is doing less to damage the environment. But the it's process pretty. of building the hydrogen fuel cell and all the other technology in the car, 
the damage yeah. that does to the environment kind of offsets. Mm, that's a good point. And it's another very pretty. Another downside is electric cars are already getting ranges that rival gas cars, and you can go. I think in every state there's electric power stations, electric charge ports. And okay. you can road can trip across the country with an electric car and just with a little planning, make sure there's enough like charge points along your route. Not right. That Don't hard. take an electric car out in the middle of nowhere. So it's and... like one of those things where it's like you're not you're not doing it because it's going to save you time necessarily, but it saves the planet you just want to be a better person type of thing. I, I mean, are there other perks to it? Like, well, so the people who buy them probably think they're saving the planet and that's why they buy it or oh. they just want the latest greatest, Oh, but it really doesn't help. It doesn't Wait. help the planet. Really? Having the latest greatest. Oh. I, I honestly think that's yeah, the number one that's motivation. It. The yeah. Latest greatest. I want to sidetrack what's this. new here real quick quick segue to tell you that if you want to save the planet from um ozone emitting bad type of gases go vegan Wrong. it does better than <laughs> it Wrong. it has a bigger turnover than getting an electric car okay that's my thought <laughs> um I, that's a whole nother episode <laughs> oh my god what you really think it's not true it's not. It doesn't help the planet. Oh, my God. Whatever. Anyways. It doesn't really have anything. Honestly, the more meat you eat, the, the more you help the planet because cow farts put so much methane into the atmosphere and actually damage the ozone. But then we don't have the demand to have as many cows. There's there's a whole other thing that shows, like, like, if everybody was vegan, the... We would have to have like five times the amount of land than five times more land than the earth currently has in order to sustainably feed everybody on a vegan diet. We'll have, so, right, it'd have to be like vertical gardens, greenhouse, right? Like the vertical uh, greenhouse well, skyscraper. Like the entire surface concept. of the earth would have to be like stacked up five times with vert. Like there would be no space to live. There would it would all just be taken Shit. up by the food supply. We'll just start eating our own poop. Anyways, sorry. I, no, which is why the governments are trying population control. No. Back to you, Will. All right. So, <laughs> hydrogen. Oh, we should actually have like a vegan episode oh my God. at some point. And That'd be interesting. That would be interesting. So, there are only. 45 publicly accessible hydrogen refueling stations and 43 out of those 45 are in California. I, just I knew I was going to say. How did I know so, you were going to say California? Because right. that's where all the latest greatest buyers live because they got the money in Silicon Valley and Napa Valley and all the rich people destinations. But anyways... That probably won't be a thing soon, but it I could I mean, they're be. not going to put them where people don't have cars. Exactly. And... <sighs> Build it and they will come. So... I don't want to spend too much time on any one of these things. 
Right, we're if, just kind of bouncing, skimming. Right. Oh, God. If Oof. any of this is popular enough, we can revisit and deep that's dive. That's fair. Yeah, that's fair. So, let's see. Future cars, electric hydrogen, Stanley Meyer. Okay, and so ele- back to electric cars being powered by batteries. Um, and also kind of a touch on saving the planet. Um one downside of solar and wind power is that there's like with both of those it's a lot of land displacement so like explain in order to have a viable energy production level from solar or wind you have to take up like hundreds if not thousands of acres of space that could either be used for farmland or in some cases parts of forests might have to be cut down like it it can damage the environment if people aren't careful also the amount of coal and other non-clean energy required to produce the giant wind turbines or the solar panels that require certain rare earth elements that are mined by children in third world countries oh my god yeah usurps the whole point of the whole thing and there's back and forth argument like well really these things can be done in a way that blah 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 but it really comes down to they are not near as beneficial as they could be because batteries it's batteries fault (laughs) Because <laughs> these things can generate so much electricity that we just don't have batteries big enough. But to I've seen breaking bad, and if we all have pennies and sponges, we can yeah. make batteries. And on to battery technology. Well, so fun future... with your penny and sponge batteries there. I think yeah. it sounds interesting. It, may, it makes me feel like I could be a scientist. And so one possible way we could make solar and wind technology uh, benefit us more is by upgrading the batteries. And the two potential future battery technologies are that I find the coolest. Um, and the only two actual advances I can find, <laughs> there's lithium it's sulfur. It's the two that are the coolest, and it's the two that I can find. Yeah. <laughs> Ironically. It's like, right. Um, lithium lith- sulfur. Lithium sulfur batteries, they have a higher energy density and reduced cost because of the sulfur not being expensive. And I guess also gets better energy density. And you get like tons of sulfur if you have a portal to hell. So they offer specific energies on the order of 550 watt hours per kilogram, I believe is what that means. WH slash KG. Significantly better than most lithium ion, which are in the range of 150 to 260. So these are like twice as energy dense or twice as efficient as the current battery type used everywhere. So that's dope. That sounds like math. I mean, it's it's literally just like these batteries are twice as good. 
Wait, okay, so to make sure I understand, you are saying there is a more efficient battery to your normal battery. So what normal batteries are we using then? Lithium ion. We're using lithium ion, but lithium sulfur is better. Yes. Okay, okay. And the lithium ions are used in it's uh, how like, demons all laptops, travel. all cell phones, pretty much. Right. I mean, Most I worked things. at Amazon, and we we had to stick those stickers on everything when we were shipping, um, and l pretty much anything with a rechargeable battery is lithium ion. So why are we not using lithium sulfur? That I haven't looked Money? too deep into. I think it's just they aren't developed. As, we haven't found like, a way to like mass produce them or make them small enough or no. something. Are they safe? Are they? That I don't know. To both? He has to question. To both, time. yes. Yes, okay. <laughs> like I said, this is all pretty much like surface level. I don't dive deep into this until we Batteries. get to like the second half of this. Okay, I will hold my questions. Let's okay. keep going. And so. This is interesting. All of this, again, I'll send you when we're done and we can, because I feel like we should deep dive into a lot of this, but if we just kind of tease it now, then we'll have more to work content with for future. Yeah, right. more content. Yeah. That's yes, fair. Exactly. Okay, so, so so far, just to highlight here real quick, we've covered uh, cars and electric-powered cars. And electric cars, hydrogen cars, and then from electric, we stemmed on to battery technology, which is where we are. Okay. Electric cars becoming more accessible, go zoom, zoom, hydrogen-powered cars, not efficient, and maybe not actually eco-friendly. Yeah, and... Not eco-friendly, but it is ego-friendly. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> And electric uh, yeah, manufacturing, cars, like a lot of people, sorry, uh, don't think about that. Like, yes, how many like the car? They think about the countries. car itself or the product itself. Um, and, and say, oh, like, it's eco friendly, it's green. Um, and then they're all for it, and then you get the vegans on board. But and it was only 12 Mongolian children. Looking into it, yeah, you think about it. Um, and well, how is it made? Mm -hmm. And also. I think the biggest thing surrounding this offshoot topic is that pretty much nothing we do will help the planet at all. It makes no difference. Oh, shit. And I hear agree. me out. Because we go back to horses. You hear all of this about do your part, recycle, drive a green car, buy green this, buy green that. But it's all to make us feel personal responsibility and therefore feel like, oh, like, oh, yeah, it's on. Like, if, if I'm not doing my part, shame on me. Or, like, I wish I could do more. But really, it's just big companies like oil, coal, that are polluting the ever-living shit out of the planet because of their mass scale. The only thing that can make a difference is if, like, some polluter on a mass scale were to do something. Uh, but they don't yeah. want to do that, so they are like, hey, distraction you guys should do stuff help the planet yeah while they're spewing 
massive yeah. black clouds all over the world. They they're go, like, yeah, take you shorter guys. showers. Exactly. They're just take shorter showers isn't going to remove fossil fuels or add ozone. Right. And meanwhile, right. they're creating for us big acid showers. Right. Yeah. And take so more showers. They doing say. all these green. things like personal, individual level things. It's not that they're bad or it's that a- it doesn't help. Like technically, yeah, like do do what you can to not make the world worse, but also don't feel like you're personally gonna change the it's not big enough ozone layer. And yeah, any of this right. stuff like you can do for whatever personal reasons you want. Just don't be fooled by big corporations into feeling bad. Well, right. Shit. And can I add something to that? Yeah, I piggybacking off what you said, Will. Uh, it gives us responsibility. I or makes us feel a sense of responsibility, like we're doing something. I actually think it makes us less motivated to save the planet or do actually do something to look for creative. Because the little things, you give yourself a pat on the back for buying uh-huh. like green paper towels or something and it really like makes so little it's bit of difference it doesn't matter but you've checked it off in your brain that uh-huh. you're being earth friendly instead of drawing attention to the real problem which is these big corporations right so you think you oh, feel I'm good doing enough good. buying so green don't paper actually, towels and so you, you don't, don't actually like, go out and make and a difference protest or call your senator or damn or raise yeah. awareness or anything that could actually right. That's Draw attention say, to the deal. real issue. Yeah. Not to say I've personally done anything noteworthy either. Yeah, same. <laughs> I mean, but I it, does, it does make you think and being aware of whether things are actually green or not, and, um, and and like what actually makes a difference. It can actually it it can the, help put things into perspective. The one thing I feel that's like on a individual level that that should still be done is obviously don't litter yeah it has an immediate effect on the area around you and it's i agree but also recycling let me tell a little story here i worked with a guy who like if he caught you throwing a can or a plastic bottle in the trash he would very angrily walk up take it out of the trash and have you walk it to the recycle bin because he grew up in or his family was from india where oh no there's like huge huge trash problems there's a big trash problem there yeah like and i actually saw a before and after picture of i i think it was india i don't remember of a beach that was entirely covered with trash like it was feet deep of trash no sand we have that just north of us (laughs) feet deep of literal trash you couldn't see the ground. Oh my god! Afterwards, they cleaned it up. It looked beautiful. So wow. bravo! And that's the kind of thing I'm like, okay, I could see that. Like, we don't want our landfills to fill up because there's things that don't break down. So yeah, go ahead. And it's go a, ahead a and recycle. physical. Oh my uh, god! I clear see difference this. that people can see. Yes. No, I see the photo. I'll, I'll make yeah, sure this is on yeah. our Twitter. This is terrible. Holy shit. I'm going to put this in, in our chat real quick so you can see. This is fucking 
bro. And so I'm so I'm actually props to them for cleaning this up. Yeah, I don't bro. see a shred in this photo, but I mean, and you also, can't fix the ocean though. Props <laughs> to the dude I worked with for being like, bro, yes. I saw how bad it can get. We're not doing this. Right. He's like, He's passionate. Oh, from I like that. Yeah. Yeah. That is All right, now that's... I feel like I could clean my room, you know. Right. <laughs> right. I'm like, this is a bat. This is an episode of Hoarder's Earth edition. <laughs> right. For real. Oh my so, god, Hoarder's Beach Hoarders. <laughs> I, I'm gonna keep us moving. Okay. Because I got a yes. lot. Right. And Please, speaking. Okay. I, now that I 100% agree with you that recycling and not littering are two. Yeah big things that you should do that have immediate it, impact it is pet peeve of mine when i see someone literally litter in front of me five feet from a trash can or they throw it out their fucking window on the highway oh my like, god it pisses me off i don't even care if it's a, a plastic cigarette. sack in your car and throw it away when you get home stop being a piece of shit <laughs> So, Sorry. now that we're all fired up yes. about recycling, yes, not littering, <laughs> let's go back to batteries and how that is a source for littering oh, and no. not recycling. Oh, no. Tell us about the bad we're batteries. Working cool. in IT, thankfully where I worked, we actually gave a shit about that and had a separate bin for old batteries oh. because not only does it litter, but these are computer batteries. They are all lithium ion. And these are the kind where like, if you stab it, if it gets exposure to <gasps> the air, it will catch on fire, potentially oh explode. <gasps> they can be dangerous. No, that's batteries. terrible. We've Just got like, these in our landfill. Yes, exactly. Oh no. So that's, that's why you don't throw batteries in the trash. And if your trash company finds that you're throwing batteries in the trash, they might just boot you from their service. Oh my God. Like it's, it's serious. And so one way to help with that is make a battery that lasts so long, you don't ever have to worry about throwing it away, which is what we have. What? Here. What? This exists? Yes. I don't, I haven't been able to find much on it. And I think it's probably one of those things where it's so advanced and people, anything that people don't have to replace or upgrade is going to be fought because big companies, <coughs> Apple, oh, want shit. you to keep buying every year. And yeah. Gonna, yeah. same with car companies. Look, when people say phone. blank isn't built like it's was like it, it used was to used be. To, yeah. That's real because like it really isn't. It's built to die. Specifically, and be like during the depression things were made to last because nobody could afford to replace anything it was everything right. had to be used and reused and reused and reused that explains a lot but not so much anymore however this at least got big enough for me to find uh two interesting articles on it nuclear okay. batteries whoa 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 whoa, 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 whoa. Gee, articles wait what so a U.S. startup unveils a battery made from nuclear waste that could last up to 28,000 years. Say uh, what now? Yes. <laughs> nuclear waste battery that could potentially oh last over 20,000 years. Define nuclear waste. Is, uh, yes. How does that so, work? 
the nano diamond battery's power, it's a diamond nuclear battery. The nano diamond battery's power comes from radioactive isotopes used in nuclear reactors. So this California startup unveiled a battery that uses nuclear waste. The power of the nano diamond battery comes from radioactive. Okay. So the radioactive core is protected by multiple layers of synthetic diamonds. So you've got what nuclear zirconia covered by diamonds. <laughs> yes. So you can't break it, right? That's another thing. It's that sounds strong as hell. It's indestructible. Okay, because I was thinking you said nuclear, and I'm like, great, we're gonna just blow ourselves up in our homes now. I'll get to safety concerns in a bit because it's oh, okay. it's pretty lit. I'm very the, concerned. The energy yeah. is absorbed in the diamond through inelastic scattering, blah blah blah, technical terms. So it can be used to power devices and machines of any size, from aircraft and rockets to electric vehicles and smartphones. This would change everything. Damn, all and on the same why, tech. I don't think we'll see it until someone figures out how to profit from it. Uh, I'm sorry. Right. Someone's already figured out how to profit from it. It's uh, by making it and selling it, but the biggest bully in the corporate world isn't going to let that happen until they can make money off of it. Which is... But I digress. Yeah, if okay. they can think... It's... Think about, like, some Iron Man shit, right? His arc reactor. Oh, in his chest? Okay. He modeled it off of a giant room-sized one that, like, powered parts of his home. And then he made the miniature one for his chest. Think about it like that. It's scalable. Oh. It can power like a city oh, block okay. or it can oh, power shit. your phone. That is. Or it could potentially power. I believe I also read somewhere. I don't have it in front of me. Believe I read or heard somewhere that it can be or has been used to power like a pacemaker. And because it's protected, I, it might be in this article here. Um, That's crazy. Uh, da, 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 da. Well, yeah, because obviously a pacemaker, you don't want the batteries. Oh, to here die. we go. Nuclear battery. <laughs> nuclear batteries are used in clock circuits of critical computer systems and in some medical implants already. Okay, you wanted wow. to outlive the patient, that's fair. And yes. then, like, repo the genetic opera style, they're going to reach <laughs> in and pull out the heart and put it into the next guy. And the crazy thing is, they wow. only cost about $2,200. That sounds insane, right? $2,000 for a battery? But think about it like... I thought it was going to be more. You never have... Yeah, you never have to buy it again. Like, it, it lasts forever related to, like, a human lifespan. It lasts for generations and generations yeah. and generations. Like you can have your family home powered for like a generation's 20 years. So this like could solve all of the problems. Yeah. Yes. Like, <laughs> well, if every house had that hypothetically, theoretically, no one would have to rely on a grid. Exactly. There'd be no power outages. There'd be no, like, we'd but that would be, be but that would eventually mean that, like, 
yeah, sure, people buy these, but after everyone buys one, there's going to be no more sales, and we can't keep charging people right. stupid amounts every month, and, and then so we're it's all probably not going to happen. And then we're self-sufficient. We just and need we to break in back they don't want that and make our own. We don't need people. We don't need them, and they don't get our money or... That's going down a Find different conspiracy tunnel. And that changes <laughs> the economy. Oh, yes. But, but I found a website with a DIY on how to build one at home. You can build a new yes, that's battery what at home talking for $220. That's okay. Dangerous. That so. sounds worth it. Let me, let me just. <laughs> dangerous is worth frowning. it. <laughs> so. Dangerous, but worth it. A beta voltaic cell is a device that uses a radioactive source of beta particles and a semiconductor P-N junction to generate electricity. Tritium, an isotope of hydrogen, is often used as the radioactive element. And you might think it's hard to obtain or maybe even illegal, but oh. you can find tritium in self-lighting keychains. I don't know if that means glow in the dark or what. Wait. Or... Um, in watches and firearm night sights, which I knew that because a cop buddy of mine what? gave me a ride along, gave me a tour of the station, was getting his gun worked on and showed me the sight. It's a Glock and it's just a greenish clear Dot. glass looking cylinder, little tube that you look through and it glowed in the dark. I was like, how's it do that? He's like, yo, it's radioactive. <laughs> What? Yeah, so radio Oh man. Um so you can basically just like buy those replacement sites and then use them to make a nuclear battery by um this guy used tritium vials from keychains. Um he put them all together sandwiched between two small solar panels and that's it. Instant power for the next 15 years he says. And, and it's not much. It only produces 1.6 volts at 800 nanoamps, blah, blah, blah. Okay, I don't know enough to translate that into uh, common speak, but the point is there is a DIY video on how to make a nuclear battery, and that's awesome. So I mentioned, so brief summary, nuclear core battery covered or nuclear battery with a nuclear core covered in diamonds can basically last forever has some form of that's already been used in medical devices i think a pacemaker and that segues into another oh. uh, interesting pacemaker medical thing yes uh i actually in my old job had to help a person with a pacemaker and then another like implant in their spine. What? That monitored like the nerves after a surgery or something. Oh. Both of these devices, two separate people, were Bluetooth enabled. <laughs> no. And they had an app on their phone that I had to help them with. No, I had to help them, them sync up their implant with the with their phone, with the app, which it's not that hard. It's pretty brilliant. Like this thing is designed to just constantly have its Bluetooth on and be broadcasting. I'm just imagining and, huh. the terminate button. Bink. 
What if you all, all it is up? is for diagnostics. Okay. So okay. that That's way, right. once it's linked to your phone, your uh, primary physician can just monitor you remotely. You don't have right. to go in for checkups. There's no invasive procedure to Ooh. check the status. It just boom syncs up with no the plastic cloud, your gloves. Doctor. No touchy yeah. touchy. Got it. And then speaking of implants, oh. let's talk about Neuralink. <gasps> yes, yes, yes. Neuralink. You, you into that? Yes. I'm into that. <gasps> Little Miss Cyberpunk. Yeah, she's mm. excited. Yes. No, Neuralink. <laughs> so cool. I, I don't know if I'm excited or I'm scared, but please tell me all about it. It is, I don't remember the exact size. It's like roughly size let me see of a quarter will show me i want to say let me make sure i just don't get this wrong it is 23 millimeters by eight millimeters so that sounds kind of big it's not even an inch so it's almost an inch Okay. long or an almost an inch diameter and where does it go and it is let me see eight millimeters thick so real tiny real skinny that is do, 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 0.3 inches so it's about a third of an inch thick and i believe the skull is about 10 millimeters thick so oh, interesting yeah basically like a quarter size thing Maybe a little thicker. Okay, so size, size of a quarter, weight like thickness or just right roundness? Okay, so a quarter, it's a little bigger than a I quarter. I have a quarter in my pocket, by Thick, the way. Thickness Random, I have a quarter in my, whoa. That's <laughs> okay, hold, keep that held up and okay. I'll answer your question, KJ. Okay. It is not... Um, it's about the same diameter of a quarter. Okay. So okay. A quarter is oh, okay. 0. 0.95. Oh, oh, actually, wow. no. It's, it's, hold up. All right, this is a material quarter, I promise. 23 millimeters by eight. And a quarter, okay, it's a little, it is a little smaller than a quarter. Neuralink is 23 millimeters diameter across and a quarter is 24. So maybe more like a nickel. Well, it's- in, in between the two. It's in between a quarter and a nickel. Okay. And a quarter is 1.75 millimeters thick, whereas Neuralink is eight millimeters thick. I think Ash got crucified. <laughs> uh, the green screen got a hole through her hand. Oh my God. So imagine basically you have four quarters stacked on top of each other roughly that's the size of Neuralink. that's the thickness okay mm -hmm. so and yeah, what so they thicker. do is they cut out a hole in your skull oh and Neuralink fits in there it's thinner than your skull so it's there's no protrusion it's perfectly smooth and it links with two very tiny little like think of the ends of a taser like those little needles uh-huh Mm -hmm. it, if I'm remembering correctly, two of those stick into your brain wow. and then they just 
sew you up and it right now allows them to monitor not been tried in humans yet they have tried it in pigs i believe yeah, pigs and so they've been able to monitor and read the brain wa- brain waves of the pigs so like if the pig is moving they like basically they looked at the brain waves and they're like okay so if it moves when its legs are like this the pattern should look like this when its legs are like this so they made predictions Whoa. and then when the pig actually did an action like moved or whatever it matched up almost so right now they're just in the mapping stage oh, figuring gotcha. out how to read the brain signals and interpret them and it's specifically right. it is actually movement related yes because what they want to do the very yeah. first step is they're working with um what was the ice bucket challenge for? Paraplegic? What was the ice bucket challenge? Oh, uh, shoot. Let me look. Is it for MS? Lou uh, Gehrig's no. disease, which yes. is ALS. Uh, ALS. Yes. Thanks. ALS. So they're working with like an ALS foundation or something okay. for people that are paraplegic. Yes. Um, and it could be from any accident, too. It doesn't just have to be from ALS. So, yeah, like. ALS is amyotrophic lateral sclerosis, a progressive nervous system disease that affects nerve cells in the brain spinal cord, causing loss of muscle control. And it has a picture here of, um, what's the smart guy who's in Stephen Hawking. Stephen Hawking. Mm -hmm. Hawkins, sorry. (laughs) Oh, no, it's Hawking. I'm dumb. Mm -hmm. So any sort of, like, motor disability they want to work towards helping people move again so their proposal is you've got the Neuralink and then you make another connection like say because of ALS your nerves are damaged like right here on your back okay or like you had a workplace accident and you like broke your spine Uh, And they can't repair the damage here. So mm -hmm. instead, they will link the Neuralink in your brain to the part of your brain that controls the movement they want. And then they will put basically another Neuralink in below the damage on your spine or wherever. That talks to the And they will connect those two, (laughs) bypassing the damaged part of your nerves. Bluetooth? Well, I don't know. I... I would think it would be wired because okay. Bluetooth is kind of slow for movement. You'll think you, you'll, oh, shit. your brain will move your hand and then two seconds later, there's too much <laughs> that delay. That would be very bad. People would fall over. Never yeah. mind. Bluetooth so is bad. So <laughs> that's their, that's where they're starting. But Elon Musk was asked if we could potentially use Neuralink to like, save and replay memories what like an episode of black mirror that's precisely his response or or um (laughs) iron man in the uh the one of the final avengers movies remember wasn't he on stage and he was like reliving an event when he was a kid or something i don't know shit but have you seen the Black Mirror episode she's talking about? No, I don't think so. Okay, so that, like, yeah. they can 
they have an implant, I think it's in their neck though, that allows them with a little remote to just pull up memories and like play it and on the TV. rewatch, like relive it. Like it's forever saved and they can yeah, play it on the TV. You need to go watch that episode. It's really good. But That's yeah, Elon so Musk cool. was like, okay, guys, I mean, yes, like potentially we could do that, but I'm not gonna get into that because it's too much like a Black Mirror episode. <laughs> Just watch feels- the Black Mirror episode and you'll know why yes. why we can't do it. Okay. Yeah. Well, he because, feels like yeah, I don't want to spoil it. Like Daddy Musk, can we please have the ability to do blank blank blank? And he's like, Yes, since I'm not like one of those super rich assholes that controls the world and everything in it. Um, I'll think about it. How about that? Well, thank it's you, more Daddy so, Musk. It's more so um ethical questions and yes. is there a logical reason to do that? That's right. And that's why they've got to do it in a specific order because oh. let me let me give you uh an idea of Elon Musk's personality. Obviously, I'm not an expert. I don't fucking know him. But he, on an episode, on his, um, I think, first Joe Rogan episode, he was asked, like, because, you know, he's building, like, the Hyperloop tunnel under L.A., like, the high-speed train. They were talking about that, and he was asked why he wanted to do that and why LA. And he literally said, because I live in LA and I hate LA traffic. This man <laughs> doesn't give a shit about it. He's, he's, he's like, I mean, sure. Cool. People, other people can use this too, but like, I don't want to fuck with traffic. California traffic. So I'm just going under all the traffic on a high speed train to save time on my commute. I think so, I remember that. I don't think He's like some evil rich billionaire. He is an INTJ. He's solution based. He's an INTJ five wing six phlegmatic, which does mean some stuff to me that I won't say on here because I don't want to offend people. It's not necessarily bad stuff. It just means basically what you said, like he does what he wants. Um, Side note. For those of uh, the people who aren't super into personality tests, uh, summarize. Uh, yeah, he's super into doing what he wants. Yeah, and I was going to say, side note, (laughs) we should also have, like, a personality type slash astrology episode relating to science or contrasting science that would be fun i love that stuff you know i'm big on personality so that would you'll have your episode yes (laughs) oh yay but i barely know a shit but yay anyways (laughs) sorry continue yes yeah just from hearing him say like i am dropping millions and millions of dollars on this project just to save me time on my commute i'm like bro like i'm not saying like he doesn't care about people or is evil i'm just saying like he's not some altruistic hero that is only looking out for the greater good and so that's, that's why yeah like he's doing this starting in the medical field because of course yes i'm i'm sure he's happy to help people but also that's the only way you can get this tech out for recreational use like that's you true. and same you with the way they're going it. about marijuana like it started out being legalized 
medicinally. Uh huh. Because if you're just like, hey, boom, recreational use, people are going to be like, well, we can't do that. But if you show that it has some value, yeah, then it's out there. And at that point, it's out there and people can start using it recreationally. And so in this instance, it's being tested on animals to work towards a medical purpose. And once it's approved to be tested in humans for medical reasons, because that's not unethical because of the potential benefits. Yeah. Right. Once it's the proven to be and safe. Technology and money is there the to put idea, it on the market. Exactly. The idea is to put it on the market for consumer use. And that's what scares me. He's even talking about like people starting work now on Neuralink apps, developing the Neuralink platform. So by the time it comes down to consumer level, there will be infrastructure for it. Like you can download an app that nice. lets you save and replay memories, or you can download Perfect. an app that like sets literal mental reminders. Damn. Um, also, can you back your mic up just a little bit? Cause now oh, you are a little back, bit louder. I can back myself up. Is that better? Yeah, yeah, that's fine. Okay. Sure. So another thing, um, I don't know if he mentioned it, but like if you, if this works and they can interface with the brain, like there's limitless potential. Like, you know how Google Glass was a pair of glasses with a little uh, reflector right here and it projected an image into your retina. And wasn't so, it supposed to be like Google Maps, basically, so you what? could get around? I don't think Google? I know about this. Wait, really? Google Glass? It well, was something okay. in like 2012, 2013, I think. Yes, it was a glasses frame, and then like right in the corner was a, I'll pull a, a glass back. prism. And there was a piece on the side that had a little tiny projector, and it would project into the prism, and it refracted it directly into your eye. So huh. it looked from like your point of view, it looked like there was just a semi It looks like you're an eye doctor. Looked like there was a semi-transparent screen just floating in the air wherever you looked. Whoa. And the best way I can describe it is I've noticed before, like there. if I'm angled just right and like I have the TV in front of me and I turn my head backwards at a certain point, in the side of my glasses, I can see the TV reflected. Right, and I know I what phenomenon you're see talking about. My glasses. That's cool. That's what Google Glass did, but it was with basically your phone screen. So you could get Google Maps, you That's could get so your weird. pictures, you could get different info. It got shut down because they moved too fast and were really hyping up the fact that you could take pictures by blinking. What? That freaked people out because especially in certain countries where peeping tomfoolery is rampant, they were like, we don't want dudes that can just like blink at us and take pictures like purrs. Right, yeah. And but you'll see so they have the glass. That could get out of hand. Right, and that hmm. that was just, then they you hyped could it have up Google so much glass before they even got it, it into yeah. development like they just went full marketing mode right away before working out any of the bugs. If they would have thought ahead, they would have answer all the questions. put in a safety feature that was like, anytime a photo is taken, it makes a very loud sound. So, you know, it's a simple fix, but they just shot themselves in the foot. Oh, all that shit. to say with Neuralink, 
you could just have that built into your brain, like actually interfacing with your eyes and potentially, I don't know how well that would work because it just thinking off the top of my head, like there's not a way to project into your eye. They would basically have to give you localized hallucinations in your vision if you wanted to display any sort of information right like i i'm thinking the connection like that's the technology that we're working on is like the um you talked about the monitoring the pigs but we're not quite there yet where you could actually yes exactly yeah we aren't to that point yet even in pigs so it's a ways off yeah how far off i mean it sounds like we could figure this shit out like quickly enough it's just more a matter of like time at this point i mean honestly i think so because already they've i think they've done like i want to say there's at least one instance of wiring wiring nerves into a prosthetic so when you think about moving fingers you actually move the fingers on this prosthetic hand. Oh, so what? It sounds like an they, episode of Grey's Anatomy I watched. I, yeah, I, <laughs> I think they put her on with the idea. It's sci-fi, and it has for a bit. It's yeah. been an idea, yeah. And that that is a ways off, but something in the medical field that isn't a ways off, and also was in Grey's Anatomy, three uh, D printed organs yes <laughs> that is that was um, a Grey's Anatomy episode yeah dude. a thing what what so um for sure they 3d printed like a very specific replacement part I don't remember if it was an organ or if it was like a bone or prosthetic that went inside, but 3D printed and lab grown organs are gonna be a thing of the future. You have links to this stuff that you can send me later, right? Because I want to look this up and post this on our Twitter. That's a game changer. I feel like I've heard of this before, but- Okay, here we go. Why is that not a thing? How far are we from lab-grown organs? It takes a long time to Growing new organs turned out to be a little further off than anyone thought, chiefly because we've learned a lot that we didn't know we didn't know. So blah, blah, blah. Um, And what what website is this that you can source? Locally. Uh, Fierce Biotech. Okay. And Volumetric, a startup uh, that, uh, it's not showing his first name, that Miller, um, oh, Volumetric, a startup Miller co-founded with Bagrat Gregorian uh, comes in. So do... They are focused on the architecture. Those cells will be put. This is a lot of very technical stuff, but um, they are using 3D bioprinting to create roadmaps for these organs. So instead of 3D printing hard plastics or metals, they're using water-based materials to make parts that are biocompatible with the body. 
mimicking the water content and stiffness of human organs. Whoa. Why is this this that we should be throwing all our money at this? Like forget uh -huh. cancer, just just replace the thing that had the cancer with the thing. I'm kidding. I know it's not. I, it's more complicated than that. But I'm thinking about like yeah. people on dialysis. Like you could replace like a kidney or yeah, something. I've done dialysis and it's it's rough. Yeah, that's friend's mm -hmm. mom. That and would be. I would just love to see that. That. Man, let's start a Kickstarter for this. So we'll oh. segue from that into 3D printing in general. Okay. Um, apparently the first 3D printer was developed in the late 80s. It could print small objects designed using CAD software. CAD, um, sorry. Computer-aided design. Oh, okay, gotcha. So like dumb, dumb person Blender here. or some shit. Basically, yeah, Blender. Or any okay, other 3D fair enough. Design. Um, and do, 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 that's just a side note. But um, 3D printing in the future, I mean, already it's a thing that people do, but someone's prediction was that it'll just be like a common thing. Like how everybody has... A, not everybody, like so many people have a blender or they have a microwave, like everyone has a microwave. Or it's just it's a common household item in the future is what someone predicted. Hmm. Because anything that had like if you have an expensive wow. coffee machine or an ex any sort of thing that has plastic parts, mm -hmm. If you could one just of those the tiny little plastic parts breaks, this $500 coffee machine is worthless. Or right. just and trash. make a new part in your home, which- But again, who's profiting off of you making your own parts? Exactly, nobody. But that, it's like 3D printing's already gotten to the point where you can just buy a 3D printer and you have they, one. I do, yes. And I haven't done any practical prints. They've all just been like statues or something. Um, I did make a functional print that is just a uh, little T-Rex figure. And it it's like interlinked chains and it's a flexible little thing but okay. like so that just shows that from the printer you can print out a f like several piece movable machine and people have even okay. printed like a full basic machine with several moving gears that once it's printed you just peel off the excess and it's ready to go fully assembled hmm. Hmm. or you cut off your ear because you gave it to your loved one you just print uh, a new ear yes hello and so 3d printing at home besides being useful for like little mini figures or art pieces it can be used for practical things very practical if someone writes like if the if someone takes the time to write all of the printing code 
or if we all learn the printing code, like the 3D modeling to make these things. I mean, I could see like my dad, if you had given this to him when he was in his 20s, he probably could have figured out how to fix every problem in the house with that 3D printer. And that's the thing is you don't even need to like figure, you don't even need to really like figure out any code to do it. It's right. You use a, a program that already has all the coding written for yeah, it. Yeah. Like it's like even, um, an engineering uh, software. Yeah. So you literally could take Blender, create uh, that's one of the most common things used. People make these designs in Blender mm -hmm. and then they convert it to the specific file format for 3D printing. And then you either have it connected to your computer like a printer, and then mm -hmm. you can just send the file, like print it directly to the printer or upload it to an SD card and plug it into the printer. Um, and for more technical designs, you would have to figure out like the dimensions of it and stuff like that. But even for very simple things, like you can print out command hooks or like yeah. hooks, anything like that. You can print out like one of those foldable travel hangers or you okay. can print out like glasses frames that fit your Shit. lenses you can print out Shit. if like one of these little nose pieces on your glasses break off you can print one of those out a you new can vape <laughs> print out a thing that attaches to your desk and holds your microphone you can print out a phone holder Shit, for your don't talk about like, me like that just anything cool. and all that small scale but still in the spirit of not taking up too much time on any given thing let's go to big scale 3d printing okay have you seen or heard of 3d printed houses no what Bruh. that's huge it's so huge ah oh, so <laughs> they basically what? have a giant apparatus that it's like an arm that comes like an up arm like a record and, player arm kind of thing, and it goes, and it well, it's like a 3D off. printer arm kind of thing. That's, okay, fine. I only say that because record player arms only move inward, but it, uh, yes. Never mind. I'm sorry. <laughs> Continue. But like a 3D printer, it can move forward and backward, left and right, in any combination, and it's just a cement tube the only difference is it's hooked up to a computer that can see where it's going or sense where it's going and move in a controlled way to just slowly print out a line okay. and, and how line do you use this line. to make your house so um have you seen like a regular 3d printer work before I have not. Okay, so what it does, imagine you have a piece of paper and you draw the outline for a house. Or have you seen commercials for those 3D printer pens that used to be on TV all the time? Maybe, yeah, yeah, maybe. So it literally just prints out the object layer by layer. Okay. So 
it draws a square with a hole for the door. Think about it like building a house in Minecraft. Okay. You lay down the first layer, leave a uh -huh. space for the door. You build the next layer, leave a space for the door. You build the next layer, cover up the door. So you have a full doorway. And then as you go up, you start to like cover up the roof. So it's literally like that. It just That's prints dope. it layer by layer. What? Except yeah. instead of using plastic, like the miniature ones, it uses cement. And it's a completely solid cement home built in like hours instead of days. Oh my God. And so the home is made of cement. Yes. It, it doesn't change materials as it goes. Mm -mm. It's it's all cement, which is good because um, that allows for, like that's a lot better for insulation and yeah. AC or heat. Yeah. Um, and repairs, I'm guessing. And a yeah, yeah and structural integrity too, <sighs> because there's no joints at all. It's just one solid home. It's like it's built out. It's like it's carved out of rock pretty much. That's so crazy. Because it's just one solid piece. I want one. Um, it's like the entire home is made of foundation. <laughs> well, so I guess, sorry, I just had a thought. Um, the materials, that's what you would replenish for your 3D printer, right? So like if you need to make something out of a different material, um, how, how does that work, Will? Like what's your experience with? So um, there's several different types of materials you can use in several different types of printing. Um, so the kind I have is an, ex it has an extruder. So it's like what the house printing works like. It's, you have like a spool of plastic wire and that feeds into a tube. Huh. And then that feeds down to the nozzle, which gets heated up to Heats it up. where it'll melt. And the bottom, the build plate is also heated so um, it slowly, the nozzle slowly moves down and then it's like boink. Okay, we found the build plate back up and then down. And then it just starts zipping all over the place, printing layer by layer, leaving just like itty bitty bits of this molten plastic and it dries as it goes That's up so layer dope. by layer. Yeah, into that the makes tube. sense. And they have some that are so fine-tuned, like such thin layers that it's almost completely smooth. You can't even see like the lines of it being printed. Wow. Um, and with that style of printing, there's different materials, different plastics you can use. You can't, I gotcha. don't think there's any metal you can use because it would have to be so insanely hot. Right, and it would be, point would be different. More efficient to just like use Multiple a cast awesome. or a mold. But the other kind of, yes, something that doesn't have to be like stupid dangerous hot. <laughs> yeah. And the other kind of 3D printing is like dip 3D printing. And so that, there's just a vat of liquid and the build plate is above and it's lowered down Whoa. and I it's like exactly. food or like chocolate stuff right uh, like you it, pour the liquid into the cast basically mm -mm. 
Aww. It's literally just like a fish tank of liquid. Like it's just a cube of liquid. And, and then the you build put the plate, cast over it. No, there's no cast. Sad thing. There's not a physical cast. So it's just a metal plate that's lowered into the liquid and electric, I think it's electric pulses go through and cause it to stick in a certain way. And as it's pulled up, it hardens, it cools and hardens. So you stick, the plate goes into the liquid and then it's zapped in such a way that the liquid sticks to specific areas and it does that layer by layer and you watch as it pulls up a solid out of this liquid and this is like me pooping there's i don't have memorized all the pros and cons of each style of printing but that's just another kind they can do okay and i think that is all I have on 3D printing, save for questions you guys have. Okay, so I really would love to see us make a kidney out of a 3D printing gelatin, whatever. Like, not us, but I'm just saying, like, what, like... What's keeping science from, I guess you said that we know that we just know enough to know that we don't know enough. Relating to what? Like, like the 3D printing organs. Oh, yeah. So they, basically that, they figured out a material they can use that the body won't reject. They are just super far off from building it in such a way that it functions the same. Gotcha. So like, they're like, oh, we can put this material in the human body and it's harmless. And also we can use this material to print objects, but they have yet to be able to fine tune it to the point where it's functional enough to be safe. The material is safe, but the final product isn't quite safe yet. Hmm. So, so the final product, it, it's a safe uh, material, but the material isn't ex- going to be exactly the same. And it's not going to be fine-tuned enough to move the way the, the, way, the organ yeah. needs to move. The way that they build it or make it isn't near as intricate as a human organ is yet. Right. Like, they can make a heart or they can make a kidney, but it's not gonna be able to move or function in the same way yet well the heart is also it's it's one of the most complex muscles it also has like um electric impulses that that have to line up and i i don't know i uh i'm not a (laughs) medical i don't have a medical degree by by any means but uh, yeah that'd be complicated Yes, and that reminded me of the two things that I sent you guys. Speaking of hearts, just going to read this that I sent y'all already. Stan Larkin lived for 555 days without a heart. He wore an artificial heart in a backpack 24-7. 
for over a year that pumped blood around his body and kept him alive. Oh so God. a mechanical wow. artificial heart with like a pump outside of his body that it kept him alive long enough to receive a heart transplant. That's oh, big. Shit. Yeah. That's big. Hey guys, this is KJ in editing land. This is the end of part one. Uh, we recorded a lot here, so I wanted to split it up into two parts, make it easier to listen to. Uh, the next stuff we've got for you in part two is super cool. It's about um, futuristic technology, uh, the theories of time and space travel. So I can't wait to see you in the next one, and uh, it should be up soon.